0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Find Me In A Book Podcast. I'm your host, Tav, and today is August 1st, and that means we are going to do a month of Colleen Hoover. Yes, I haven't done any of her books yet. I have just been kind of saving them, but also just kind of pushing them off because I'll go into it a little bit later they are just uh, they're just heavy. So we'll, but we'll talk, we'll talk about that later. Don't worry. Um, but what's going to happen this month is we are going to talk about a Colleen Hoover, uh, in each episode, and a Colleen Hoover. I meant a Colleen Hoover book in each episode because she is all the rage right now. Um, she is all over TikTok, all over Instagram, just everywhere and it's for good reason because she has basically taken the book world by storm. She is an icon. I just, I want to bring attention to her. I want more people to experience her books. I just wanted to dedicate this month to her. I have read, uh, I want to say about four, four books of hers, counting the one that we're going to talk about today. And the one that we're talking about today is called Heart Bones. But I've read It Ends With Us, Regretting You, and Verity. So the schedule of what's going to happen this month I'll tell you the books that I have planned so if you want to read ahead you can if you don't you can follow along you can just not read them if you don't want to and just listen it's all up to you I don't force you to do anything because I mean how could I Um, but to again today we're going to go over heart bones next week we're going to go over November 9th or I guess it's called November 9th I I don't really know Uh, And then we're going to talk about Verity, then we're going to talk about Ugly Love, and then we're going to end the month with It Ends With Us. So I am excited to go through these books. I'm also really excited to read the two that I haven't read before. And I'm saving the best for last, at least that I know of right now. The one, I, I don't know. Okay, so it's up to each person if they think that it's the best. I think it's the heaviest so far. It's a very emotionally, like, I don't even know the words to really describe these books, just except for heavy. Like, they're they're heavy. They're very emotional and especially it ends with us it deals with a lot of like abuse and like domestic abuse and just situations like that that that's what i mean by heavy but it also ends really well and so anyways yeah so i'm i'm saving that for last because i i feel like it is just so good and i like it the best so far anyways kind of going on a little rant there. Um, But that's the schedule for this month. So I was going through the reviews just because I wanted to see what everyone was kind of feeling, kind of get like a vibe of the books. And the top one that I read basically said like, it's better to go in blind with all of these books. And I stopped reading the reviews after that because I was like, you know what? That's exactly it. Like that, I think, is the best approach to go into these books because each book that I've read so far has a twist and you don't like you go in expecting one thing and you come out of it with something completely different. And that's why they're just such good books, because it completely changes your minds on different like subject matter. And there's just really good quotes in there in there and they're deep and they just I don't know they kind of like mess with your mind a little bit to change your way of thinking I think that's why I've put off these books for so long because I I enjoy just kind of like reading and then not thinking about the book again really and then moving to the next book but these books they stick with you Um, the ones that I have read they have stuck with me except for regretting you That book, I didn't really enjoy very much. It just, I don't know, there was more of a sole focus on a mother-daughter relationship, which was fine, but I was looking more into, like, the romance, because you know me. And the other ones have that, and of course there's, like, twists and turns with all of them. With Verity, we're we'll talk about that more when the episode comes up. But it's kind of like a thriller, like a suspenseful mystery thriller, and it kind of like freaked me out a little bit. There was like little hints of like, oh, this is kind of intense. Um, And then it ends with us. It's it's mostly very emotional. Um, So again. You have so many emotions in these books that you really don't know what you're going to get into. And it's almost best to not know. Like how I said earlier, it's better to go in blind. There was another book. Oh, it wasn't by Colleen Hoover. It was oh, what was it? Let me look it up really quick. So if you've ever heard of the book Whispers and let's see, Whispers and the Roars by Kay Webster. If you know what I'm talking about then you kind of get the sense of what you go into with Colleen Hoover. So this book I and I've never seen it before with any other book. So this Whispers and the Roars book there is literally no like synopsis that you can read and everyone says do not spoil this you have to go in blind. Don't talk about what happens in the book. Like you have to leave it to the reader. I haven't checked lately, but surprisingly people have done that. They haven't spoiled it. They haven't really talked about it because it is such a twist. And so it's, oh, it was mind boggling. And honestly, if you're like, Hey, should I actually read this? No, I don't think you should. It was really bothersome. And until you find out at the very end, what is going on, it's, it's kind of makes you feel yucky like and really really confused I mean these are the feelings that I felt during this book and so if I don't know it's it's a hard it's a toss-up honestly if I want to recommend it if I don't want to recommend it just know like keep an open mind throughout that whole book because it is it's a lot it's and <laughs> I'm just, like, speechless talking about that book. And it's not even, like, a Colleen Hoover book. It's just a book that, like, it's so hard to recommend to people, but also you do want to recommend it because it is so different from any other books that you've read. And it's so real and raw that it just it makes you speechless, honestly. So anyways... Enough about that book that doesn't even really have anything to Colleen Hoover. I'm kind of just going on little rants, and it's fine. You know, Uh, it's August 1st, which start of a new month, start of exciting things. Hopefully, it starts to cool down, which I've learned in North Carolina, it's not going to. It's probably going to get hotter or stay just as hot. And remember when I was like, "Oh yeah, humidity it's it's a thing. No, it's a it's it's a thing over here. it uh, it's really awful. and I didn't think I would hate humidity, but I do it because it just just like a pillow that you walk into. It's rough. Okay, now that I've just gotten all my thoughts out there, all my feelings, all of everything. I think it's time that we start talking about the book that we've dedicated this episode to. This episode, this book that I read is called Heartbones. It has a lot of twists. It mostly happens at the end, which thank goodness, because I will tell you right before I just reveal everything. So if you want to listen up until that point, I will tell you, hey, this is where the twists come in. I'm going to be revealing everything. So you'll know whether if you want to continue listening or if you want to turn it off until you read it, uh, whatever you decide. So this is not a very spicy book. I would say it's about like a two, two and a half. Like there's not a lot of description, but there is romance. Like that's what this whole book is based on is romance. And I would recommend this both to my mom and my sister. So good ratings on the mother-sister standard. I think they would both enjoy it. I think it is unlike any other books that they've really read, how emotional it is, how raw it is, how heavy just it's a whirlwind of emotions and I don't think that they've really read books that are like that and so I honestly would recommend this to everyone probably not like young teenagers I would say like 18 and older maybe 16 and older if you feel like your child is more mature and has experienced you know life and and the heartaches of life and you know what I'm saying. Like, it's it's a more mature book, and it goes through more mature subjects. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give you that little heads up there. But let's start talking about this book. So we start out in 2015, and we just learn more about Bea. That's her name. And her mom is an addict. So Bea has basically been taking care of herself since the age of six. That's when her mom really started to get into the hard drugs And we learn a little bit later, but I'll tell you now that her dad and her mom, it was just basically a one night stand and her mom got pregnant. And um, so she kind of knew her dad a little bit. Her parents didn't get together or anything. Um, She would go and spend the summers with her dad and he was a single dad. And so it was kind of awkward and And she doesn't remember a lot of those summers. And I've realized reading Colleen Hoover's books is that she does do pretty deep quotes like at the beginning of the books just to get your mind in the right mindset and get your mind like really thinking about the situation that is happening. So the quote for this book that I thought was really like deep um, was what kinds of upbringing is worse for a human? The kind where you're sheltered and loved to the point that you aren't aware of how cruel the world can be until it's too late to acquire the necessary coping skills or the kind of household I grew up in, the ugliest version of family where coping is the only thing you learn. That's kind of, That's really deep. I mean... I came from the end that was more sheltered, and I was very unaware of what was happening in the world. I mean, I would watch the news with my parents, but that was pretty much all I knew. We we traveled a little bit, but nowhere out of the country. We took like little road trips, but we kept to ourselves. Like I just wasn't aware of what was happening outside of our little family. And so reading these types of books really makes me realize even now that I'm I'm almost 30 and and having traveled and having watched movies or, or going places that I've realized like how cruel the world is and the situations that people grow up in. And so that's when she was young. So now she's 18, about 19. And she is living in a trailer with her mom. And so she comes out, she just graduated high school two weeks ago. And she is about to leave for work when she sees like her mom on the couch and her mom's not really moving. And She also notices that her mom has a needle sticking out of her, and so she goes up to her mom, kind of shakes her a little bit, tests her pulse, and there's nothing. So she realized that her mom OD'd, and she's not really surprised, honestly. Her mom has been abusing drugs since she was young, that we learned, and she doesn't share anything with her mom or her dad. She actually has a scholarship to Penn State, like a full ride scholarship to Penn State for volleyball um, that starts in August. And so she's like, well, my mom just died. Do I stay here and work or do I call my dad? Um, I don't really know what to do. And so she calls like the coroner, she calls the police and uh, they come and take her mom's body away, and immediately after that, her landlord comes and says, like, hey, actually, you're three months behind rent, so you need to figure it out. And she's like, well, my dad pays the rent, like, w-, and, and then she finds out that her mom actually used that rent money for drugs, so they are behind. Um, so that forces her to call her dad. She calls him and asks if she can stay for the summer. And he's very surprised. He hasn't heard from her in a couple years, actually, because she just kind of, like, stopped contacting him, didn't go out and see him for the summers. She just didn't really want a relationship with him. And he felt too awkward to really contact her. He was just kind of going at her pace, and so he didn't want to, like, force her to, like come and see him or anything like that. So he says, of course, like I can, I'll, I'll buy a ticket for you. Like we can get you a ticket here as soon as, as soon as you want. And she doesn't tell him that her mom has actually died. And so she's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll come out for the summer. Like I'll bring all of my stuff. And he's like, oh, okay, well I'm remarried now. And I have been for, I think he said like three or four years and they live in Texas now and they're actually like pretty wealthy. So she's like, oh, okay. Uh, thanks. I guess like kind of awkward. I mean, why wouldn't you be awkward with a father that you haven't really talked to in a couple of years? And, calls out of the blue so he buys her a flight and she has everything in her backpack um he picks her up from the airport they get on this ferry because for the summer they have a summer house um his new wife is actually a dentist and she got like this big lump sum from her divorce and um so they have a summer house on this peninsula just right outside of houston i want to say and so they get on this ferry. And she and Bea is walking around the ferry. She doesn't want to be in the same car as her dad, um, just sitting there. So she walks around this ferry, looks over the railing and just watches the ocean. She looks down and there's this bag of bread that the ferry puts out there. So like kids can take a piece of bread and feed the seagulls. Um, So she goes down and she grabs a piece of bread and starts to eat it because she's been starving. She's basically starved her whole life. And she, she hasn't eaten and just went through a traumatic experience. So she eats this piece of bread. She looks around and notices that there's this guy on the top deck and he has a camera that's pointing at her and she's embarrassed and is like flustered that he would take pictures of her or even act like he's taking pictures of her and he's a very attractive guy. And so she's, she's embarrassed that he saw her Um, so she starts walking around the ferry again and goes inside to use the bathroom and the guy is there now and he like walks towards her and he hands her $20 and she thinks that he's propositioning her, um, because she's, she's lived a hard life. Like she, she knows nothing else really. And she throws it back at him and kind of knocks the camera out of his hand and And basically like swears them off and and says like, go buy a new camera with the $20. And and she walks away and she just is kind of frustrated. She gets back in the car with her dad. Um, So they get to the house and she meets her new stepmom and her new stepsister, Sarah. And if you've noticed in the books that you read, when there's like a stepsister, they're usually either a B word or they become best friends. And thankfully, thankfully in this book, her and Sarah, her stepsister, become best friends, which is really great for her and great um, just for her mentality to have a friend because uh, she's she's been alone basically her whole life. And so I'm glad that there was that relationship building in this book. And there's also... Uh, she and she also builds a relationship with her dad in this book a little bit with her stepmom not too much um, but it, it's a good relationship building book and I, I really enjoyed that. So that night she goes to her new room and there's like a little balcony. And so she goes out there and watches the sunset and she starts crying and which she hasn't cried yet, you know, with everything that's happened. And then she looks over and it's actually the guy that was on the ferry and he is on the balcony in the next door house. And he's just sitting there watching the sunset, kind of looking over at her. And so she says, first, he sees me eating bread off the deck of a ferry. Then he offers me money. And I'm still not sure of his motives behind that offer. Then I find out he's my new neighbor for the summer and now he's witnessed the first breakdown I've had in years. And then we find out that uh, Sarah's boyfriend Marcos is... Like, best friends with Samson, who Samson is the one that we've been talking about who offered the bread. He lives next door. Um, He's this rich kid. So, there's Marcos and Samson, and then Sarah, who's the stepsister, is dating Marcos. So, they have dinners together. They're always at the beach together, and they just, yeah, they're always together. So, we also I mean, we see the relationship building between Bea and her dad, and, and Bea's very honest with her father about not being there for her, and, and the relationship he hasn't built, and and how she doesn't want to share things with him, and it's it's a process. I mean, it makes sense, and Uh, It's very interesting to see that bonding in this book. But yeah, uh, the four of them hang out. So the the two girls and the two guys, they hang out. She starts to spend more time with Samson because she realizes that she is broken and she realizes that he's broken. And they don't really like tell each other very much. Like they ask each other questions, but then they can decide if they want to answer it or not. And so they, they don't really answer each other's questions, but it's more like a silent, like acknowledgement. Uh, and it's, it's interesting. Like they, they each have their secrets and they tell very little about their lives, but they're very intrigued with each other and like create this friendship. Um, and what she knows about him is that he's rich. His dad owns about five vacation homes and he goes to each of them and, takes care of them and fixes them and and he won't talk about his family at all and also that he she learned this from Sarah is that he's going into the Air Force at the end of the summer and I guess that like runs in his family so they decide that they're going to like try out their friendship and they're going to kind of be together but it has to stay in like the shallow end um, and if they're going to have, like, a summer thing, then there can't be, like, a relationship at the end. So they go through, like, different experiences together and really, like, open each other up to feelings, open each other up to being able to, like, accept accept their emotions, basically. So Bea doesn't like to be held. She doesn't like to really be touched um, because that brings out too many emotions in her and so by the end of the summer um, she lets him hug her and hold her and it's kind of like a a really rewarding moment that you're there like you're there with her almost because Colleen Hoover just like spins this story as if you are there with these characters and feeling what they're feeling which I really enjoy it really like captures the moments and it it puts you right next right next to the characters and really like honestly builds these characters with uh, that you were able to imagine them fully in your mind like what they're feeling what even they wear or look like like just all the details but it's not too much it's not too overwhelming anyway I just have so many good things about Colleen Hoover that I enjoy. But anyways, uh, back to the story. So the four of them are at a restaurant, and this guy comes up, and he's like, Sean? Like, oh, Sean, like, when did you get out? And Samson kind of looks at him, and he's like, oh, hey, and like pulls him to the side and and kind of out the restaurant, and the three of them are kind of looking at each other like, why did they call him Sean? And so then Samson comes back to the table, and they're like, why were why was he calling you that and he's like well my actual name is Sean Sampson but everyone has just called me Sampson and so I've just gone along with it and he was talking about getting out because I got out of the city we went to boarding school together and and kind of he just tells them that to appease their worry or appease their questions and so she later that night is like hanging out with him and asking him more about the guy. And he's like, you know what, I will tell you everything on August first, The day before you leave to Penn State, I will tell you everything. I will answer any of your questions, whatever you want. She's like, okay, like, I will create a list of all these questions. And he tells her like, you know, I I don't want to answer these questions yet, because I want to spend the rest of the summer with you. And, and if I tell you and answer these questions like, I don't think you'll actually want to spend the summer with me. And so she's like, okay, I mean, as long as it like wasn't bad, like, or any of these questions are bad or there was no assault or anything. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. And then he shares with her about his childhood and how he spent some time with this fisherman or with this uh, boat guy. I don't remember what he really called him. Um, But the guy was named, the guy's name was Rake. And Rake lived on his boat. And he loved his boat. He loved the ocean. And he would take Samson out fishing and spend time with him because Samson's parents didn't. And then when Hurricane Ike came by, Rake disappeared. And so Samson has always assumed that Rake died. And so he shares like some poems that Rake like made for him and and just more about him and the summer goes on and and she realizes bea realizes that she's happy and she hasn't been happy like ever basically she doesn't know these emotions that she's feeling and one day she decides that she's feeling pretty good. And there's these guys that are playing volleyball. And so she's like, you know what? I've taken the summer off volleyball. Like, I feel like I want to play. So she starts playing and she's having a really great time. And she sees that Samson is coming out, like, with a chair. And she's like, if he ruins this, like, if he gets mad, like, I'm I'm just, I'm going to freaking rage, basically. But he actually sits down on the chair and he starts cheering for her because he had remembered earlier that summer that she had shared with him that she she doesn't know if she wants to do volleyball because she's never enjoyed it because no one has ever been there to cheer her on. And, like, she always envied the kids that had people in the stands cheering, like, their son or daughter on, and, and she never had that. And so he helped her experience that, and it was so it was a very cute moment. Like, you're just happy for her. Like, you really are. You're just happy. And you love that he did that for her. And so, she starts to enjoy volleyball again because she's had that experience. And so, as the summer starts to kind of come to an end, it's it's July, and she asks him, like, why do we have to say goodbye? Like, we can do long distance. Like, we enjoy each other. And and he he says, we can't, like, we can't do this. And he tells her that he actually isn't going to go to the Air Force. And she asks him all these questions, and he's like, I'll answer them soon. I'll answer them soon. Like, let's just spend this time together. Oh, how do they, I should have, like, highlighted or I put it in my notes where the heart bones title comes in. But basically, like, they grew heart bones that they could break. Um, cause they, what was it? They were talking about, like, they didn't want to come away from the summer with their hearts broken. And I think she said, like, hearts don't have bones. They can't break. And he's like, well, we must have like grew heart bones or something, something like that to the effect of like breaking their hearts. And I just, I loved that. I mean, I didn't love it because I was like, oh, a broken heart. That's so sad. Um, but also like, it just, it's a good description. And so eventually they do make toast. It's not very descriptive. Um, it, you know, it happens and it, it, I mean, kind of described, but not like details, details. And then I want to tell you right now. Here is the point in the podcast. Everything else after this is spoilers and the twist happens. So I want to give you this warning. So if you don't want spoilers, if you don't want to know what happens and what the twist like entails, like please stop listening right now. Like This is your moment to turn it off or to continue. I'll give you a couple seconds. Okay, if you're still here, that means that you want to know what happens she is sleeping in the bed next to him she wakes up and there's officers he's not in the bed next to her he has actually been arrested and she's very confused she gets up the officers let her get dressed and she goes downstairs with the officers she asks can i please call my dad he's right next door her dad comes over this is like 2:30 in the morning Her dad comes over. One of the officers has already left with Samson to take him to the police station. So they question her. And then they take her and her dad to the police station to ask even more questions. And so they ask her, what name did you know him by? And she says, Samson. Like, he said that his name is Sean Samson. And they're like, okay, well, his name is Sean Samson Bennett. And he has been charged with breaking and entering, like two counts of breaking and entering. He is being charged for parole violation and being charged for arson. And she's like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And come to find out, he his dad doesn't own any of those houses. He was just going to the different houses because he knew when, like, the vacationers or they were being rented out by people. And he would go into the houses, he would stay there, he'd keep them super clean, he would actually fix up the houses, like he was a very good, like, squatter, I guess you could say. Uh, So he'd do the breaking and entering, his parole violation, she asks, like, what was this parole that he was on? And I guess he was in jail for six months for auto theft. And we also learned that both his parents are deceased, and his father went missing after Hurricane Ike. And his mom died when he was five. And so his dad took him out of school and kept him on a boat. And they would just sail around. They'd go fishing. They would just explore the ocean. And that's what he knew at his like during his life. And when this hurricane was coming, his dad dropped him off at like this church and said, like, hey, I, I have to go secure the boat to make sure that it's okay during the hurricane. And then his dad never, never came back. The The details that I didn't share with you like during that what happened during the summer is that one time they were spending like an evening together and one of the like her dog that she had found during the summer. He starts digging in the sand dune and they come across the skeleton and so they start digging a little bit more and he recognizes the shirt of the skeleton and realizes that it's Rake, which Rake is his dad. And so he asks if he can, like, bury Rake, like, by himself. So she goes back to the house. So, yeah, that is who Samson is. He hasn't had parents since he was, like, I don't know when his dad died. I think, like, 15, maybe. No, I think he was, like, 12, honestly, when his dad died. And so he's been on his own since he was 12, And there was this uh, neighbor that he had. So basically it went like Bea's family's house and then it went this rental house to the left. And then the house after that was this old woman. Her name was Marjorie. And she would always let Samson come over and help like repair her house. He would always go and help assist her and like spend time with her and she would feed him like she just kind of knew what was happening and that he just needed someone he became pretty good friends with marjorie and so in return like bea became good friends with marjorie and so bea is like we have to get him out like we have to help samson get out of jail and so she calls marjorie and says like hey your son is a lawyer like please please call him we owe this to samson and so bea is actually able to get visitation like the next day with Samson. And it's just like, we have to help you. Like, I'll help you. I'll stay here. I'll get a job. Like, I will come and visit you. I will do whatever we need to. And he shares more about his life finally. And he said like, you know, I was living in Houston, but I wanted to come back for some closure on my dad before I turned myself in because he knew that there was a warrant out for his arrest for violation of parole So he said, I wanted to turn myself in on August 2nd when you left for college, but he found her and he never wanted to leave. He, he enjoyed being around her. He loved her. He loves her. And he, he didn't know what he wanted to do, like what, what he wanted to do with his life. He tells her like, please, like, I know you'll try and help me, but please don't like, please go to college. Please live your life. Like it would kill me to know that you like put your life on hold for me. You have this full ride scholarship, like please go to college. So she's like, no, I want to help you. I want to help you. Um, and so then he like denies her visitations. He, I think it was like after the third time, she's like, you know what? Okay. Like I have to live my life for me and I can help Samson while I go to college and so she would call the lawyer like the lawyer son or whatever um every month for like updates and and the lawyer was helping him and and um Samson was supposed to be in jail for six years but they got it down to four years and so while he was in jail um she she went to school like she got her education and then she got into law school She wants to become a lawyer to help people that have been, like, cast out from the system or the system hasn't, like, basically caught them, Um, not really caught, but, like, basically they've been ignored by the system, like how she grew up, how Samson grew up. She wants to help people like that. And so she has a family, not really a family, like, not like her own family, but, like, she has her dad. She has her stepsister she has her stepmom like she has that type of family now and and that support so she does really well in college and I mean she got into the freaking law school so then it it jumps to four years later and she is sitting on the hood of her car outside of the jail and Samson walks out and he doesn't see her and so he starts walking towards the bus and then he just stops and he kind of turns a little bit and then he yells out Bea, did you go to college? And she says, yes. And he turns right around and he like basically runs to her and they kiss and he is just so happy and she's so happy. And it's just like, it's so good. It's just such a good reunion that it just makes your heart happy because he's like so proud of her. And he's like, hey, I really I want to go see the ocean. I want to go see the ocean. She's like, okay, that's great. So they go to where her family house was, like where, I mean, the one that he squatted in and then Marjorie's. And she tells him that Marjorie actually died the year before. um, And so the house has kind of been run down because her son hasn't been able to really fix it or anything. And um, the son is still his lawyer. And so um, the lawyer was like, hey, call me when you get out of jail. Like, you need to check in with your parole officer like we need to talk about things so she takes him to the ocean and then they call the lawyer together and he says hey i figured out a place for you to live and he's like oh okay cool and he's like it's my mom's house and he's like the keys are under the rock by the front door it's yours he's like wait what he's like yeah my mom left it in her will that this house is yours. Like she knew how important this house was to you. This house is yours, like free and clear. You can fix it up, get it ready to live in, but it's yours. Like you, you can have it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like that is such a good ending. Like (sighs) lots of thoughts and feelings, you know, lots of thoughts and feelings. It usually the books end up good, which is what I want because if they ended up bad, I probably wouldn't be recommending them. But like, you see what I'm saying? It's just like heavy subject matter, but it's put in a way that it's like emotional and you are empathetic and sympathetic with the characters. Like you're right along with them. And then there's those twists that you never see coming. And then you realize that there were kind of hints along the way, but you didn't really realize them. But Anyways, I hope you kind of got like a good picture of what books by Colleen Hoover are like. And I hope you enjoyed this one because we're going to we're going to go over her books like all this month. So you better buckle up if you don't like them or you could just skip them. But please don't. I I really think that you would enjoy these books. Um, But anyways, Please, please, please follow me on Instagram. It's Find Me in a Book podcast. There's a period between each word. That's where I update everything. That's where I communicate with you guys. That's where just everything happens, even though it looks like nothing's happening, but everything happens on there. <laughs> so, but anyways, I'm grateful for you guys. I hope you enjoyed this book. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I will talk to you next week.